How many are glad to be in the house today? It's already been a good morning. I believe it's going to get even better as we honor God's Word and we study God's Word. So if you would, turn with me this morning. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1 as our anchor text. And then very quickly, we're going to move over into Luke chapter 1 and talk about the joy that God brings when He brings His presence We celebrate, I think the main focus of Christmas, as I've already said when we opened up, but I'll say it again, we get so busy and we get so rushed and we get go from place to place and perhaps party to party and event to event, and we get so wrapped up that sometimes, I I would say oftentimes, I've learned this, that when, when the familiar becomes too familiar, it's, it, we no longer, we lose the power of it. And we can become so familiar with the miracle, the, I said the miracle, that God would come to us. And that is one of my favorite things that I like to focus on in the Christmas season is not the gifts. And how many, there's two types of people. There's those who are already done with Christmas shopping. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm just curious. Wow. And there's the rest of us who haven't started. Who, who, who are my people at this morning? Come on. Right, you all my people this morning because... And we get so busy in the gifts that sometimes we need to just take a step back. And I hope this morning is an opportunity for us to just focus on the fact that He really is the reason that we celebrate this time of year. And it doesn't matter if you can buy a big gift or a little gift or anything else. I think we celebrate the fact that if, even if you don't have something to give in a, in, a, in a gift way, we can always give two things. We can give our presence and we can give our love. Amen? Those are two things that we have the ability to give to other people by way of blessing them and even helping them this Christmas season. So I said that to say to Leah, that's going to be my gift to you this Christmas season. It's just me and my great love that I have for you. So <laughs> I ran across this a few years ago, but I want to read it just to help us focus on what is the real meaning of Christmas. And it says this. This is 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, and I ran across this and I put it in my notes years ago, but I think it's a great reminder this morning of what it really means to celebrate Christmas. It's the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and this person took that and made it into a reminder for Christmas. And it says this, If I decorate my house perfectly with lovely plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and shiny glass balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen, baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity, but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties, and sing in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy another home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of your way. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break, pearl necklaces will be lost, golf clubs will rust, but giving the gift of love will endure. Matthew 1.21 this morning is our anchor text as we talk about God with us. We talked last week 
about the announcement that God would be with us. And John the Baptist, uh, on into chapter 11, he runs into a problem. He's arrested for preaching the truth. And he's put in jail, and he's wondering in his own mind, are you really the one? Because you said you would be with us, and I'm here alone in a very horrible situation. And God reminds him of what the ultimate purpose that he came in this earth to do. And that is to see the lame walk, to see the deaf ears open, to see blinded eyes come to life. That he came to preach the gospel to those who were left outside of God, they thought, out of God's grace. So look at Matthew one twenty one this morning. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Father, this morning as we go into your word, we honor it. We honor your word by honoring our word, by gathering here in your house today to be encouraged, to be challenged, and Father, to be reminded this morning of what you're wanting us to focus on. God, don't let us miss the moments in our life where you are present and where you are speaking and where you are over, overshadowing us and filling us with your power. It's so easy to get lost in the busyness, Lord. So today, I pray you would focus our hearts and our minds upon you and you alone. The Lord God, the, we can celebrate today that you are with us. As blood-bought, redeemed child, children of the living King, we are yours. And God, we're thankful for that this morning, that you would come into such a dark place and shine your light upon all of our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I'm going to talk to you, and go ahead and turn to Luke 1, and as you do, I want to just, I want to give you a reminder here at the very beginning of this message, and I actually started to build the whole message around this thought, but I went a little bit different direction, as you'll see towards the end, but everybody say, don't miss the moment. Have you ever noticed that life is just a series of moments? Has anybody else noticed that? Like, Like, listen, we're in a moment right now. Right? And now we're in a different moment. And as we are in our moments, I'm afraid that sometimes, I'll put it this way, the older that I get, the more that I desire to slow down and savor the moments that God gives me. And again, we can get so hurried, we can get so caught up in a lot of different things. And this doesn't just apply to Christmas season, this applies to life today. And one thing that I always do when I marry a couple, and I, I know they think maybe, even though I've warned them as I've talked to them before the ceremony to line up the ceremony to talk to them about marriage and those different things, and I, I realize that it always kind of, they have a kind of a look, even though I've warned them, they have a kind of a look of, really, you want us to do that right now in this moment? Because especially at a wedding, they get so caught up, and again, the hurriedness and the planning, and i got to get dressed, and am I standing in the right place, and am I doing the right thing in this moment? I have them stop and I have them turn and just look around and take in the moment. Because taking in that moment forms a core memory in their heart and in their mind that I share with them as I counsel with them that those are the moments when you're 15, 20 years down the road and things are hard in your marriage and the kids aren't behaving and you don't you have more month than you got money in the bank. Come on somebody. Yeah. You get those times where things are difficult. You can go back to a moment. I do that often with my own wife, of just going back to that core memory, that moment. Another core memory for me and for many of you 
is probably the birth of your children. I mean, I can remember those moments so, so vividly. And they come back to a place where God will even bring those moments up in my in our lives. And I've been learning a lot from a young teenage girl the last few weeks as I've looked at uh, Luke, Luke 1. And that young teenage girl's name is Mary. And we're going to talk today about a moment that she had that impressed upon her life and impressed upon her heart. The power of a moment, the power of a decision, the power of a yes to God. There's nothing more powerful than a surrender of a yes to the will of God this morning, no matter what you're going through today. I was in Blue Ridge, Georgia, and this is really where I came up with this thought that I'm beginning with this morning. I was in Blue Ridge, Georgia over uh, Thanksgiving with my family. And I walked in one of those little uh, semi-cheesy gift shops that they always line the streets of tourist places. And as soon as I walked in, right there on the wall was a wall that was filled with coffee mugs. And there was a coffee mug that said this. It said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it a present, right? The present. In, in church, what I want to stop right now and just remind you is savor the moments that God gives you. I have found in my life and learning from a young teenage girl, and her name is Mary, from the Bible, from the Word of God, learning from her and studying her and realizing what a powerful moment that this was, I began to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life. And it was like, Hanks, you're not savoring the moments that I'm putting in front of you because you're looking back at the past and that's history, Jason. And you're not, you've got one eye on the future and you don't know what the future necessarily holds. So you are missing the moment. I feel the Holy Spirit as I say this. You're missing the moments that I am gifting to you because you have your, you have one foot in the past and you've got one eye on the future and you're missing the power of the moments. And What the Holy Spirit began to speak to me is he basically began to say, Jason, you lived a life at one time that every sunset that I painted, you were like, oh my. Every time that you got to spend time with your family and your loved ones, you would just lift your heart and lift your eyes and say, God, you're so good. Jason, you used to lift your hands and worship and tears be streaming down your face and just give God an, oh my, I am so blessed. And church, I came to remind you this morning that as we learn of the life of Mary, God wants to fill our hearts with wonder once again. He wants to fill our hearts with a focus upon Him once again. He wants to fill our hearts with a, those moments when you sense His presence near and you sense His, His Holy Spirit come by you. It's those moments that we can lift up our hands and just thank God for the moment that we're in because we'll never be in that moment again and that forms a heart of gratitude in the christmas season church i just simply want to treasure more amen Amen. i'm telling you my heart this morning i we get so busy and worried and so frazzled that sometimes we forget wonder sometimes we forget the treasure of the moment the treasure of time and i want to just crack the door a little bit on the journey that god's had me on the last few weeks and share some things with you and I've been learning a lot from Luke chapter 1. And I love this time of year. Does anybody else just love the Christmas season? The reason I love it is I just sense the presence of God in a unique way in the time leading up to Christmas. When I see a Christmas tree, I see lights on it and I just say, God, you're the light of the world. Amen. I see mistletoe and I'm calling Lee over. Amen. Come on. With that being said, look at Luke 1 today and we're going to read a large portion of scripture. 
But this is where I felt led to go this morning. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered, What manner of greeting is this? Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. How many are looking forward to that day right there? That's that's the blessed hope of eternity is that we will live in the kingdom of God, being ruled by God who loves us so very much. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born would be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, this is the important part of today's message, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to minister a message today as we're on the subject this week and next week of Emmanuel, God with us. That is one of the best promises that we can be given. It's one of the promises and it's some of those moments that we can step back at times and just look around us and allow ourselves to be in the moment. And to understand in that moment, God is with us. And today, for number one, is this. What are the keys to joy? Everybody say joy. Joy. I want to tell you this Christmas season that no matter your circumstance, joy is a choice. Because joy is a person. And you can make a choice to be close to the source of joy. But there are a few keys that I thought of to minister on this morning from the thought here in Luke uh, chapter 1 of Mary's response to the presence of God coming and really radically interrupting her normal everyday life. And the key number one to joy in God's presence this Christmas season is you simply have to give God a yes. Everybody say yes. yes. Even when you don't know how it's going to work out, even when you don't know all the particulars, one of the most powerful things we can do as a believer, church, is just give God a good yes. And let me break this scripture down for you this morning and understand the yes that God is looking for. Now, I want to say this from the very beginning. We see in the story that the angel appears, the angel comes to announce to Mary, who's living in Nazareth, and naturally no young Jewish girl living in Nazareth would have expected a messenger from heaven to announce that she would carry the Messiah for one very important reason. It, they believed that the, obviously the scripture had foretold that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem, right? 
And in the story, she's betrothed to a man named Joseph. Understand historically and understand Jewish culture, betrothed meant that you were you had not come together and had the wedding celebration. You had not come together and, and consummated the marriage. But for all intents and purposes, she was betrothed, engaged to Joseph. It was not one of those deals kind of in our culture where engaged means that you're about probably 90% sure, but there's still that, that, that maybe the possibility that something won't work out. I'm not ruining any single people's lives this morning by saying that. I'm just saying that for all intents and purposes, she had not known a man, but she was engaged and they were going to be married. But here's what he announces. Hail, highly favored one. Now, here's the thing. Our human perspective tends to be shaped by our personal reality. One of the keys to joy is understanding we all have that place in us that our, our perspective is, is shaped by the reality that we're currently living in. Or, as I say to people quite often, perception is reality. So as a young teenage Jewish girl who thought she was growing up in the wrong place to ever be honored to carry the Messiah that they had been praying for for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, it would, have, it would not have been on her radar. But I want to make this point in choosing joy this Christmas season, just because something isn't on your radar doesn't mean it's not on God's radar. And when he shows up and he says to her, Hail, highly favored one, I'm just going to take a little bit of liberty and license and give you what may have gone through her mind in that moment because it's something that has gone through my, my, my mind whenever God shows up with his presence. And I'm in a moment when, where God is giving me a glimpse of the future and what he wants to do. I tend to look at myself and say, there is nothing favored about my life. And I think in that moment, I really do, I really think in that moment, maybe there's one of two ways we normally go. Here's the two ways we normally go. When she was, that was announced to her, then she probably began to think of people like Moses. Well, I'm not a leader like Moses. Maybe she perhaps thought of David and thought, well, I can't sing like David. Or maybe she thought of, of Elijah and I can't do miracles like Elijah. And Okay, I'm favored, but I, I can think back in my mind of all the people that I've been taught about in the Scripture, the Old Testament, of those who were highly favored. Or, again, your perception can become reality. Or she thought to herself, oh, highly favored. Joseph was highly favored, and he ended up in a pit. Right? Daniel was highly favored, and he ended up in a lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were highly favored, and they went in a fiery furnace. So we can end up doing the same thing, and at times when we have to, in the moment, choose God's joy, we have to understand something about favor. Favor is given to you not because you're so great, but because He's so great. It's called grace. And if you want to know the simplest definition of grace this morning, young people, it is the unmerited favor of God. We look at Mary and we say, well, that's Mary. And, and certainly she should be, it says right here in the scripture that she will be, be blessed among all women. What, a, what an honor. I mean, think about this. The, the holy of holies was moved from a place to the womb of a woman. God was growing in her. 
the answer to the sin problem that we were all born with was being carried by a woman and he declares you're highly favored. But I love this about God. When he declares that over us, it doesn't mean that you're, you can't lead like Moses and worship like David. Come on, somebody. It means that we are going to still walk through some difficulties in some places. And I love this about God. She came from a nowhere place and it wouldn't have been a place where we all would have said that God would have picked the person to carry his son. Because God doesn't look at us the way that we look at ourselves. Because God has not called the wise or the learned. He's called the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And if we got any people that would just give God a good yes sometimes and understand the moment that you're in, then God can do miracles in your life even though you may have to ride a donkey and flee and end up in a place you didn't think you would end up. God is still good and He still has favor upon your life because favor ain't fair, church. Come on. It's not fair. It's the grace of God. It's, it's, his, it's His unmerited favor. I just came to tell you something this morning. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at the Word of God. And hear the words, even over Mary, that God is speaking over, over you today. And you may, again, go to your mind immediately and say, Well, I can't do this and I can't do... It's not about what you can't do. It's, a, it's about who you're a part of. And if you're part of the body of Christ, you are favored and you are blessed and you are moving forward in the kingdom of God. And that's what He desires for us. Amen? Luke 128, the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting is this. Mary was the unexpected. Mary was the underdog. Amen? And Mary was the undeserving. Do I have any undeserving, unexpected underdog people in the house today? Because I did. I came to tell you that that does not disqualify you. That actually qualifies you this morning. As 1 Corinthians one twenty six says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God is not looking for your ability this morning. He's looking for your availability this morning. And the availability that Mary gave to him that day was just a yes. Let it be so according to your word. Now that's important, isn't it? God's word. Not our own thoughts. Not our own thinking. Not our own plan. Not our own desires. Because a key to joy in any season of your life, but especially choosing the joy that he said, isn't that what the angel said? I have tidings of great joy to you. So there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory that no matter if you can't buy all the presents you want this Christmas or you have broken relationships in your life with family members or what's going on, you can choose to live in a simple place of joy because let me tell you what Mary allowed herself to do. Mary allowed to be, allowed herself to be disrupted by the presence of God. Everybody say disrupted. Can I give you a key to joy? Be so hungry for God. Be so hungry. Be so passionate. Be so pressing into 
the presence of God. That you will accept anything on His terms. We miss this aspect of the Christmas story. And I think it's a key to true joy. Because Mary didn't have to have all the answers. She just knew. I want to tell you something about God. When God's presence comes, it will bring joy. It will bring His presence will come and, and be an encouragement. and be. But let me tell you something I've learned in my life. The presence of God can become disruptive. Amen? We miss this about Mary's life. It, she was good old-fashioned disrupted. I mean, you have to think and put yourself in her place. It's like, wait, wait. Angel, I'm getting ready to get married. I'm getting ready to start a life with Joseph, the love of my life. I don't have time for this Emmanuel stuff. Come on. I don't have time for this. Listen, God's coming to her and announcing this. Her plans for life were completely disrupted. She's pledged to be married. And I already mentioned this, but that pledging, that betrothal, she was engaged as if she was already married. And you can imagine what she began to think. And I don't know about you, but the times God has come and interrupted and wrecked my life with His presence, it's usually been to lead me into a deeper understanding of who He is. And it will also disrupt your life. I mean, I remember going all the way back to when God called me. I mean, I had it all figured out. Much like Mary did. Okay, you know, I can navigate this. Think of the scorn and the shame that she would have been looked at upon. All throughout her life. The whispers. Walking down the street and people, "Ah, that's Mary. I remember when God disrupted my life with this presence and and I began to understand that He was calling me. And of course, I'd be, anybody else when God speaks, you begin to bargain? I love that Mary didn't bargain. She said, let it be according to your word. I think that's the proper response to the presence of God whenever He is calling us to something or He's speaking to us about something. Listen, He may be speaking to you about a sin issue in your life. You better lay that thing down. He may be speaking to you about a call that you just are resisting. God may call you on the mission field. You say, oh, thank goodness I'm retired. God wouldn't do... Yeah. Yeah. God came, and I began to bargain. I didn't know God was going to send me off. For 20 years, I've been away from home. And here was my thing. I didn't want to be away from home. I didn't. Love my family. Love my business. Start a little business. and Things were going good. So I thought, well, Lord, if you're calling me, then I'll run my business. I'll go to Bible school at night. And I'll, just, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm already doing, God. You have my heart. You have everything. You have it all. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye on that back door in the middle of the sanctuary that I'd already been set up at for two years. I'll help people in. I'll open the door for them. I'll tell them good morning. I'll sense. It's amazing when you serve God, you'll sense what's really going on in people's lives, and He'll just have you silently praying as they're worshiping. That's what I, that was my ministry. I didn't know God was going to uproot me and send me off again for 20 years. Counted up one time, been in dozens of countries. Preached the gospel, seen people saved, healed, delivered, all the things. But one thing that I did is when my yes, just like Mary, when my yes was to God, I had to surrender my own will. I had to surrender my own thoughts. I had to surrender my own plans. Make no mistake about this story. The story of Christmas is one of sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. That's not a popular word nowadays, is it? 
Can I be honest with you? If you want to be a disciple of Christ, it's going to take a sacrifice. The Bible is very clear. Take up your cross every single day and follow me. It's a sacrifice. That's a good Christmas question for you this morning. When God comes and says to us, rejoice, highly favored one. I mean, I'm all about it. I don't know about you. Yes, I'm favored. Yes, yes. I'm highly favored. What blessing is coming my way? Well, you're going to look like you got pregnant out of wedlock. And Joseph is going to want to leave you. And he's going to be horribly hurt and betrayed. Wait, this isn't the Emmanuel I was looking for. And tie that back into what I said to you last week. Are you the one that we are really looking for? Or is there another? Have you ever noticed how many people, listen, listen to me. How many people were disappointed in Jesus during his ministry on the earth? He was too radical. He's not radical enough. He's too nice. He confronted me because I wouldn't sell everything I own and give to the poor. You understand? Except, except for the broken, the lowly, the poor in spirit. The meek, come on somebody. They weren't, they weren't disappointed in him because when you start at a place where it doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't mean anything. And when they start at that place that God, I thank God that you came to save me because I don't have anything. That's the place that she was in. That's a place, that yes to God is a yes, not knowing what the future is going to hold. The angel didn't explain, you're going to have to run to Egypt because they're going to want to kill your child. Come on, you're going to have to live this way. You're going to have to constantly be aware of what God is doing. These are expectations we might all have at Christmas when we consider God's presence in our circumstances. Which is what makes Mary's response so striking. She said, I am the Lord's servant May it be to me as you have said. The New Living Translation says, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. God, just let it be. She's saying, God, I don't know how all this is going to work out, but I surrender in this moment to your will. And I place my will under yours. And when you surrender to God's will, and we don't know, everybody say how. How? Because that's the next thing that Mary began. Okay, God, I know the why. I know that you want to send the Messiah, and I'm highly favored among women. I don't know how all the people that are going to talk badly about me and say things about me, I don't know right now how I'm going to navigate all the little things that people are going to look at me when I say, I've not known a man, but I am now pregnant, right? And she didn't know, she knew the why. But can I tell you the how this morning? Because my pastor used to tell me this. He said, Jason, for every how question that you have, there's a who. When you have a how question, God, how am I going to save my marriage? God, how are my kids ever going to line up and follow you? 
God, how am I going to get that promotion at work? God, how are we going to reach home Assassa? God, how are we going to do this? And for every how, there's a who. And the who that I came to introduce you to this morning is the Holy Spirit of the living God because it said that He overshadowed her and He empowered her. Again, not because of anything except for the grace, grace, grace of God and the fact that she found favor. With God. You want to find favor this morning with God. How do you find favor? You give him a good yes. And when she said, God, I don't know how all these things are going to be, but I came to tell you that if you are in a situation that you don't know the answer to, that is the best situation that you could ever find yourself in. And the reason that is the best situation, and I tell uh, when I marry young couples, Usually what I pray over them is simple, but it's profound. And if they listen to it and understand the nature of God and how he works in our lives, I pray over them that God would give them enough difficulties to make sure that they're relying on him, enough blessings to give them confidence that God's watching out for them, because God will never give you a how that is apart from him. If you're running a business this morning, let me tell you how you're going to grow it. The Holy Ghost. If you are in a family situation, you don't know how that's going to be reconciled. Let me tell you how the Holy Ghost, because every promise must be sustained by God. Every promise that he gives, it's got to be sustained by God. My point is, he's not going to give you a life where he's not needed. Quit cursing your circumstances. It's an opportunity for you to dig in and allow the Holy Spirit to figure it out for you because your confidence and faith will grow in Him and what He's doing in your life. God wants to give you something so much bigger than you. And what God wants to give you that's so much bigger than you is a person, and that person is the Spirit of the living God. For every how, there is a Holy Ghost this morning. How, God? How? The Holy Spirit. How are we going to make it through this season? How am I going to recover financially? How are we going to... How are, how are my kids going to serve God in this culture? How are these kids that we just prayed for? And that was my heart sitting there looking at them and praying over them this morning is, is God, how? How can you keep them safe from this dark world? How can you keep them safe from the perversion and the junk that is being released in our society? How are you going to keep them safe from people that want to prey on them and the perversion and all the junk that is flying out? And he said, me, I will overshadow them. I will empower them. I will give them and place with them then my spirit. Because the womb was more than just the physical body of the Son of God. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And I got news for you. You can be too. The Spirit of God wants this morning to lead you and guide you and comfort you and speak to you. To help you with wisdom. To reveal things to you. You know, the Bible... Listen to me. The Bible doesn't have the name of the person you're supposed to marry if you're young in here. But he gives you principles of who you're going to marry. Amen? Doesn't have the name of the person. So, So how, Lord? How is this going to work? You pray and you get the wisdom of God. Husbands, you need to listen to your wives more. God will give them wisdom. Look, if your wife ever comes... And says to you, you need to watch out for that one right over there. Come on. 
Come on, ladies, get your nag on if you need to, to get your husband to finally listen to the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. Yes. I felt that. Because if you're like me, even when you're in those moments that are making core memories and those things you just treasure in your heart, those places where you're like, God, you showed up. I always even leave those moments much like Mary probably would have and just was like, how? I've not known a man. That's usually how we answer, guys. Well, I don't have enough in my bank account. I'm not smart enough to really minister for you. And, you know, I'm I'm not powerful enough. Listen to me. When you're anointed by God, you're anointed by God. And I have a different gift than you have, but we're called the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit is the one that comes and He binds and unifies our hearts together for a purpose. And listen to me this morning. The purpose is to be carriers of the presence of God. But do not be alarmed when the presence of God disrupts some things in and about your life because that is by the very nature how God comes. He comes and He disrupts what she thought. Young people, listen to me. You want what God has for your life, not what somebody else thinks about your life. Teenagers that are present here today, listen. When you follow God, it may not make sense in that moment. But when you stick with Him and you say, God, how? For every how, there's a who. And that who is the most precious gift that we could be given. Jesus came in a manger, hung on a cross and shed His blood, and He told us very clearly in His Word, it's good that I go away. And, and, and it's like, we would all say, what is this? Like? Oh, no, 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 no. He's saying that now the Holy Spirit will be poured out. The Holy Spirit can be received. That is why He went to the cross, to save us. And here's the thing. Much like Mary was a carrier of God's presence, we are called to be carriers of the presence of God into a dark world. Into a world that literally... I mean, just turn on the news channel, y'all. I don't. I don't watch the news. I ain't going to tell you the truth anyway. Pastor ain't getting put, don't They're not. We've all been praying there'd just be a great revealing. It's coming. By the Spirit of God, it's coming. And listen, it may get... I'm going off track here. I'll get back on track. It may be really difficult... Listen to me. It's going to, I'll say this, it might get really difficult to take a stand on truth. Because if you're looking at a political party, both those political parties are promoting some things that the church of Jesus Christ will not and should not ever promote because we don't get to make the rules, the Bible makes the rules. God Almighty has a word and that word is settled forever in the heavenly places. And even though we're moving forward into what I'm telling you, God's Spirit wants to rise upon His church. And what does it take? Listen, it just takes a yes. That's all He's looking for. And then when you say yes, be ready for some disruption. If you say yes to God and your life just goes on like it was, there's something not lining up. Because when God shows up and you give a yes, listen, He won't. And I don't, I don't buy into that. You know, I've had people, my own daughter, I've talked to her before. You know, you guys were missionaries and I love God and I'm serving Him. And what's He going to do with my life? Is He going to send me on a mission field? 
I'm like, is that desire in your heart? No. Oh. I love me some United States of America, she told me. She loves Alta, and she loves Target, and she likes Starbucks, and she loves... I'm not... See, God places desires in your heart. The desire of Mary's heart was so simple. And it's just a simple, lowly, just... I'm, I'm the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time. Angel, you must have shown up at the wrong house. Have you ever felt like God, God, you, I, you got the wrong person? No. When He comes and wants to birth something in you, it has to be placed there by Him, His Word, and the Spirit of God. And the key to joy in the presence of God is what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane that is so powerful, but so simple. God, not my will, but thine be done. When you can say that in honesty, listen, listen to me. That is what brings joy in spite of circumstances, in spite of having to go to Bethlehem for a census, in spite of understanding that there was an evil king that wanted to wipe out a whole generation because he was fearful of the king that was going to come. And disruption that she walked through, she still had joy because she had somebody with her that is the very source of joy. We walk through so many difficulties. Lee and I have just been absolutely heartbroken in this season of our life. Very good friends of ours from Bible school, young man, had uh, interned with Lee on the mission field. And uh, I was always just comforted knowing that this young man, Pastor Damien McCrank, was with her just to watch out for her and to make sure she was safe and, and those type of things. I didn't know Damien as much as I knew his eventual wife, Nancy, because we led a prayer group together every single day at Bible school for our home state of Ohio. She was from Ohio, I was from Ohio, and the leader had to step out for a, for a season, and he looked at both of us, and he said, I want you to keep this going. So she was one of the sweetest-hearted people. We noticed on Facebook, just you know, noticed at Thanksgiving, they were ziplining the same day we were ziplining and just kind of commented, oh, they're, they're up in Gatlinburg, we're here in Georgia, and they're having fun with their family. And enjoyed that week with her family, got dizzy when she came back on that Friday and found out she had a brain tumor. Oh. Eight days later, she went to be with the Lord. Oh. You see, those are, those are things that we can't understand. You hear me? Those are things that we have. But can I tell you who God is? God's still a God that is going to be with that family. He is Emmanuel with them even right now as we're here today. And He's Emmanuel with you. But one of the keys this morning is so powerful and it's so true is you just have to allow God to disrupt things and just give Him a good yes. Amen? Alexis, would you come this morning and be there at the piano? In Zechariah chapter 4, Zechariah is wondering how a mountain is going to be moved. And God speaks to him and he says this, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And he tells Zechariah something important. And he says, say to that mountain, grace, grace. Can I tell you the grace and the Holy Spirit always go together? Yes. It does. Legalism and flesh go together and grace and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because the Holy Spirit always anoints the ministry of Jesus and that ministry is always a work of grace in your 
life. Finally this morning, go ahead and stand with me. I've just got a couple of minutes, but go ahead and some of y'all wake up. That's why we're giving you coffee before service and it's not working. You guys got the decaf this morning. You need the calf. This is my last point, but listen. Mary places her trust and life in God, and God places his life in her. And the scene isn't much different today that we're living in. God, in the same way he disrupts Mary's life, wants to disrupt yours. You may say, well, in what way, Pastor, would God desire to do that? God wants to place something divine in you, not unlike he placed in Mary. Because we are to be carriers of hope. We are to be carriers of love. We are to be carriers of peace. We are to be carriers of reconciliation. And we are to be carriers of God's presence. And Mary understood her why. Why did God come to us? Why why that she even would have to walk out some tough circumstances. But perhaps you're here this morning and you've never said that yes to invite Jesus into your heart and into your life and to belong to a family that you won't join the family of God, whether it be here at another church, and always get those why answers, but we always point to the who. And the who is Jesus. And the who is the Holy Spirit. The who is God, our Father in heaven. Maybe you came in here and a part of you isn't real happy with the circumstances you face. And it may be closing you off from just giving Jesus a good yes. Perhaps you've experienced some long donkey rides like Mary. Maybe you've felt contraction pains of the promises of God being birthed into your life. We want God, Emmanuel, God's presence with us, but we forget that we have to start with what Mary said and say, yes, my Lord, may it be unto me according to thy word. And that's not a passive resigning to the plans and purposes of God. And our why this morning is because we are to be the carriers of Jesus to a lost and dying world, to a people that are far from God. And here's our why this morning, Matthew one twenty one, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. I want to ask this question. The reason that he announced and said he will save the people, his people from their sins is because we all walked in here in the same boat at different places in our lives. And the Bible clearly says this in the word, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You, sir, you, madam, that walked in here today, I want to say to you biblically, and doctrinally and theologically, we, are all bi- we were all born with a bend. And that bend is called sin. Sin separates you from God now, and it will separate you from God for eternity. There is a heaven 
to gain and a hell to turn your back on this morning. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, He is calling you to give Him a yes and a surrender to His way, His will. And if you're young in here this morning, you may say, if I, if I, if I say yes to Jesus, then that will shut me off from all the fun I want to have in life. Listen to me this morning. There's nothing more awesome and wonderful than following Him. All the downs and all the places in my life where I didn't understand and I didn't know... God has so blessed me and He is such a good God. He's making a call to you this morning, in this moment, to surrender to Him right now at this Christmas season. What better gift, perhaps, that you could give to your family than saying, I want to follow Jesus with all of my heart. What better gift can we receive this morning than the overshadowing power of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives? So there's my question. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask this. I want to say to you, do you want to give Jesus a yes and commit your life to Him? All your heart, soul, strength, and mind, would you just shoot your hand up? Anybody in this room? Anybody in this room? Amen. 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 I got a promise for you. It says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. It says, whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord God shall be saved. We're going to lead you here in just a minute. When you pray it from your heart, and it's a heart like Mary that just says, God, I want to surrender my future, my past, my everything, because God, I want to have moments with you where I know those moments that just take your breath away, whether it be looking at a night sky that's painted so beautifully, or the stars, or your wife and kids, and whatever it is, God has so much He wants to add to your life. Quit looking at the subtraction, because the things that He takes out of your life weren't meant to be there anyway. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today with a heart like Mary that has a desire to say yes to you. I ask you today, Heavenly Father, that you would wash me clean. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. And I decide today that I will follow you all the days of my life. Wash me clean. Change my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, can we give God a good hand clap and praise? Praise you, Lord. We thank you. 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 It's been good to be in the house today, man. Amen. I, if you're visiting with us, we welcome you, and we're glad that you're here. Don't forget that our tithing offering boxes are right there in the back, and if you want to drop off your tithes and offerings, they're on the poles right there in the foyer. Here's what I want to do, as I always do. I want to bless the people of Christian Center Church that plead the blood over you. God would watch over and protect us during this season, bring health to our bodies, and joy to our souls. Amen? Amen. Yes, Lord. Father, I bless Christian Center today. I pray they would be blessed as they come in and blessed as they go out. That, God, your holy presence is never far from us. But, Lord, you said that you would be with us and that, God, you would empower us today. Father, I pray joy unspeakable and full of glory over this congregation. That that weight that many are carrying, God, of of looking at the past and worried about the future, let that dissolve right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, I pray that your mighty angels would go before us and behind us, that they would surround us with a hedge of protection 
And that, God, as you bring us back together at the appointed time, Father, I pray blessings of protection and health into and over this congregation, God, today. May your face turn towards us. May you shine upon us. And, God, may you give us peace and rest, Father, as we serve you and carry your presence to everybody we come in contact with today. Jesus, we love you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord. Be blessed today. We love you. Nobody's told you they love you. Your pastor loves you.